0: The reality we live in can be a very strange place Most of the time, the fact being stranger than fiction How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in Unless we question everything me and the guest, as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreal with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome to the expanse of deep, open-minded conversation that is Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane Jones, inviting you to join me for today's fascinating discussion, diving into a fellow Michigander's journey to discover the elusive being we call Sasquatch. Typically most focus on visual photograph proof, but this man goes about investigating through audio, uncovering some of the most fascinating vocalizations I've come across. But, Before we get into that, of course, we have to do the news and updates in front of house. So for anybody that hasn't already seen it on the Instagram, the Holiday Mary Squatchmas design is now available on the Open Minds Media merch store, along with two other new designs for Inquiries of Our Reality and for Bizarre Encounters. So if you guys haven't checked those out, highly recommend that you do. And if you're not a Patreon member where you get that exclusive merch store discount, uh, now through the end of December, uh, you guys can use promo code Squatchmas on the OMM merch store and receive 10% off. And uh, also still taking in questions for Bizarre Inquiries, if anybody wants to throw in their ideas into the mix, uh, that is going to be a Patreon-exclusive show that Orn and I are doing, where we take a question and openly discuss it for about 10, 15 minutes. It can be something serious. It can be something funny that we can dive into. But of course, if we pick your question, we will give you guys a big shout-out in the show. And the first episode or two will probably be available on the regular feeds, maybe even up on YouTube. But then past that, it'll be a Patreon-exclusive. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go and make sure you guys become Patreon Patreon members and and support a podcaster. And uh, moving into the front of house stuff, if you're not already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do. I am the most active on Instagram, but I also am on Facebook, of course. Uh, Don't forget to go and follow on YouTube and TikTok if you want to get any of the video content I'm putting out, Uh, mainly clips of the show, different things like that. But there is a lot of different other things in the works. Uh, We might even be starting to include maybe even like half the show for Bizarre Inquiries. We'll figure it out as time moves on. And uh, you guys can also go and pop into the Discord if you guys want to have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals. Always expanding, but the only way it's going to keep expanding, of course, is with your guys' help. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show or you're interested in having me as a guest on your show, or if you're interested in sponsoring the show in some way, shape, or form, uh, get a hold of me. You guys can do so through social media. Like I said, Instagram is the one I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Make sure that uh, nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that I get from you guys. And if anybody wants to report an encounter, I do have a specific email set up for that. It is reports at outlook.com. Or you guys can also go to the link tree for that one. There is a submission form specifically for that. And uh, we can have some back and forth on it, but maybe it can be something that I talk about in the show or something might get included in one of the encounter report books that I want to work on. Or if you guys just want to share share an encounter with me and not have it go past that, that's totally okay with me too. But we'll have some back and forth, figure out exactly what you want to do with your encounter. Or if you're close enough to me, I can even come and investigate it depending on what the type of encounter was. And uh, if you guys can't get enough of the content I put out, don't forget to go and check out Bizarre Encounters. I talk about it every single show, but it's a lot of fun over there. Oren and I uh, we deep dive into a variety of different topics, all pertaining to the paranormal, cryptids, UFOs, all the fun stuff, of course. And we do have some interviews and some encounter reports all in the mix. So it's definitely a fun, fun show. I enjoy recording it, so I think you guys will definitely enjoy listening to it. And if you guys want to keep tabs on everything that I do all in one place, don't forget to go and follow Open Minds Media across social media. Uh, the YouTube, the TikTok, the Discord, all that is under Open Minds Media. A little bit easier for me to put everything all in one place. So if you guys see Open Minds Media, of course that's me. And if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can become a Patreon member. Over there, you'll get things such as ad-free episodes of the show, early access to the show, lives of the show, live replays of the show. Uh, exclusive merch store discounts, exclusive giveaways, and there will be, obviously, the Patreon-exclusive content, such as Bizarre Inquiries. Uh, A lot of cool stuff going on over there. Always happy to take suggestions if there's more things that you guys would like to see as far as the Patreon goes. But go and become a member, of course, and support a podcast all in one swift move. And if you guys want to donate to the show directly to make it so I can get out to more conventions and be able to meet more of you guys, you guys can do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate, make sure you guys let me know that you guys donated if it doesn't give you some type of option for a personalized message so that I can give you guys a shout out and give appreciation where appreciations do, as I always say. And the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media Merch Store, always expanding with new designs over there. There is. There should hopefully be, if it's not already up, some new designs that are gonna dropping for Bizarre Encounters and Inquiries of All Reality on top of the uh, Miss design. And soon enough, as soon as uh, Bizarre Inquiries gets up and rolling, there will be the Bizarre Inquiries logo design available over there too. And if you guys pick up something from the Open Minds Media merch store, don't forget to use that promo code, SquatchMiss or you guys can become Patreon members, get some even bigger exclusive merch store discounts. Highly recommend, of course, doing both. And uh, number four, you guys can support the show through word of mouth or by leaving a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five star review, I will read on the show and give you guys a big shout out, of course. And uh, while we're talking about supporting creators, don't forget to go and check out Joe at Crypto Theology, always expanding with his awesome encrypted related merch designs. I know for Christmas, he's got a bunch of different uh, Christmas and holiday designs up. So definitely go and pick yourself up some awesome shirts to be able to wear at your family functions that you guys are going to be going to this holiday. And to all of my paranormal investigators out there, don't forget to go and check out the Chattergeist. I do have an affiliate link for that, but I still highly recommend it regardless. It's one of my favorite paranormal investigating devices that I've used so far. And uh, it's created by Dimension Devices. So if you guys have any questions about the device whatsoever, go and hit up Barry over there on Instagram with uh, Dimension Devices. And he is the programmer for the Chatter Guys, so he can answer literally any possible questions that you guys would have on it. And of course, like I said, don't forget to go and use my affiliate link if you want to scoop one up for yourself. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, James, the founder of the Michigan Aboriginal Project. How's it going today, man?
1: Hey, Shane. How are It's going great. It's going great. Thanks for having me on. It's about time we got together, right? Yeah,
0: right? I heard you yeah. back on Bo Show, and I just, I had to have you on. I mean, being a Michigander, it's like I got to connect with all these Michigan people, and having somebody do Sasquatch yeah, research right in my backyard was, I had to have you on.
1: <laughs> I, could, I could be at your house in 15, less than 20 minutes, I'll bet.
0: You're probably the closest person that I've met in the community by far, and that—that's like mind blowing to me. I don't find a lot of people that really dive
1: into the it is
0: sasquatch stuff in Michigan. At least it's until you get to yeah, northern Michigan, but at least in southern Michigan, you don't find too many people.
1: No, it's not a socially acceptable subject of conversation and gross point. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It seems like I'll in a see Detroit, at coffee, least, though. we have the, the hidden occult society type stuff that happens. But other than that, that's like the only thing you really see. Because I mean, when you start getting into like cryptozoology, I mean, it's just maybe it's just because there's not a lot of woods around here. So it doesn't really spark people's interest in everything. But we yeah, fall on like yeah. the weird ley lines and everything. We have like the Masonic Temple. So there's definitely like that underworking of Detroit. And you find a lot of people that research that, but again, you don't find too many Sasquatch researchers. So it's always, it's a breath of fresh air to find somebody relatively close, other than Gabe, of course, I have yeah, to give him I a do. shout out because yeah. he's close too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I'm not too bashful about it. I mean, I've gotten to a point when I, don't, I where I, don't, I just don't care what other people think and I'll, I'll, you know, broach the subject I did today. You know, I, it's just some stranger <laughs> we were just chatting it up and, and, uh, walked by my car and showed him the, my bumper sticker, which Here's here's my uh, my logo, the Michigan Aboriginal logo. Anyway, I, at a bar, I walk around with stickers, and if I if I strike up a conversation for you, and you're receptive to to, to the uh, the idea. I give you a sticker.
0: <laughs> I usually walk around handing out these, uh, business cards, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I wear yeah. w- proud. I mean, I wear these whoop hats constantly that I know Squatch makes and being from Detroit, everybody thinks it's like a, a, you know, juggalo ICP thing. They say whoop and they go whoop, whoop. And I'm like, no, like whoop, like Sasquatch. And then it opens
1: up this whole line of conversation I with people. <laughs> I love that. I, I've never seen the hat before.
0: I, I they have a really cool logo set up. It's like, um, uh, Oh, it reminds me of like sports, and they usually do them in like sports theme colors. But I have like thirty different variations of this hat with all the same logo with red, yellow, gray, depending on which outfit I'm wearing. So I'm regularly wearing some kind of Sasquatch hat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a freak, just like me.
0: Hey, that's a good thing though. I'd rather be surrounded by by freaks than boring people.
1: (laughs) There's no no greater subject that I found. uh, You know, I I learned something about my brain. I I have a history of depression. For years it was terrible uh but em- having emerged from that i've learned a lot about my my mind and it's i got to tickle both sides of the brain uh just to uh you know keep going i, I like that I'm, I'm scintillated by you know that sort of you know by complex issues and the big questions and that kind of stuff so it's um it's a good experience and, and when i found out that this bigfoot thing was real um you know, the little boy and me, a little adventurous, you know, always taking an adventure. Um, I, I had to see one. I, I just wanted to see one. So I uh, started learning everything I could about them, uh, mainly on YouTube. And uh, and I've been going to the woods all my life, camping, fishing, doing a little artistic photography as well, uh, angling art, things of that nature. This is uh, one of my pieces. the skin of a brook trout.
0: Oh, that's really, really and, cool. Uh,
1: yeah, thank you, thank you. So it was, uh, it was a gift that uh, I consider uh, a bona fide gift given by, um, given by God actually to at a very interesting time in my life. It actually saved my life. I mentioned the depression and and uh, the art journey actually saved my life, gave my life at the time some meaning. That um, and, and it was a way of you know the first time I considered that there was a higher order, but there was a God. You know, I'm formerly atheist, and my life uh, took a few turns, and and, uh, I've done a 180 on that. That's my personal journey. And I think this Bigfoot thing um, uh, has some biblical uh, parallels and and references, especially in the Old Testament. I think they're simply giants, and uh, there are numerous tribes of giants mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, And this is where my brain has led me so far. Um, and it's just not theory, it's based on all the encounters I've had, I've multiple encounters, sightings uh, interactions, I've been within, a, um, within 18 inches of a juvenile uh, hissing at me, waking me up um, got a somewhat vague look at him but he was definitely an upright little bastard that uh, woke me up and uh, he ran off after I yelled at him but uh, I've had, you know my conclusions are based on my unique journey. Um, and it's supported by, uh, one video. I got one on video, uh, but I have volumes of audio evidence, uh, having figured out where these creations exist or or commune at night. And, uh, I leave recorders there. I just simply leave recorders there, retrieve them in two, three days. And, um, and see what you get. And I, have recorded some of the most amazing things, some of the most terrifying things I've had encounters that were absolutely terrifying. And I have audio from, um, both of those, uh, some of the audio I sent to you, uh, that you will listen to, uh, tonight with your audience. And, um, that one was literally terrifying. Those, I I really thought that those moments were going to be my last. Um, and, um, I mean, it was that grab that, that, I mean, it was like you met your maker, and you're being judged, and and that's it. It was like that kind of dread because uh, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I fully repented.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, whether you believe in it from the biblical perspective or you believe in it from the flesh and blood perspective. Um, I mean, there's always like the kind of like hippie viewpoint as far as Sasquatch goes. They're these gentle giants that are in the woods. But yeah. any other perspective on it, there is a, there is yeah. some kind of amount of danger. And I don't think a lot of people take that yeah. into consideration because they just see all these like cutesy little pictures of Sasquatch not realizing, like even from their size, even if they like what they could potentially be capable of. Like, I mean, you look at a small primate yeah. and they could rip your rip your arms off without even the second guess about it. And then you yeah. add something that's six foot and up. And just imagine what that thing's potentially capable of. And I mean,
1: it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. I would not want to, even though that little four foot guy, I mean, he has a, he has a vocalization that'll scare anybody. Um, but I I wouldn't want to get in, into a scrape. Uh, I'm pretty certain he could get his licks in. Given his sheer size, I think I might prevail overall, but. All I had to do was yell at him, and he ran away. So, <laughs>
0: did you get a visual uh, but, of the face? Because I'm always curious of like their no, facial was, expressions. Because everybody has different well, views on it. To,
1: and I haven't had that daylight session. You know, I've seen plenty of eyeshine and encounters, and I've seen shapes. And uh, but no, not on this this subject. It was 6 a.m. Uh, and it was raining a little bit. Uh, it was dark. There was still a, a canopy or a, a cover of leaves, and the leaves hadn't all fallen off the tree. And this is late October up north, uh, so it was dark. It was still dark. But I rolled over. When I rolled over, uh, this this thing had stepped back, and now he's about four feet away. About yeah, you know, four feet away. And he's four foot tall ish, um, and um, I didn't see. I saw the shape. And it was very upright. I know that I, I noticed that the feet were together, right? Uh, they were like really together. It was like totally straight. Uh, you could see darkness on the sides inside what would be the arms, right? So the, the this cavacious area, or the you know the, the space between the body and the light, like you can see that was darker. So there was enough ambient light for me to detect the shape um, and gentle contours. The color, I, I, I believe, was a light, light tannish. Um, I mean, it was that close. But even in that dark, I could discern some detail, but I couldn't see it, you know, as detailed face as yours right now. I haven't had that experience except at night in observing the eye shine.
0: Just out of curiosity, one, uh, where was this at if it was in Michigan? And then two... Northern Lower... Lower Michigan. And then uh, just assumably, too, like just like with most animals, like bears, for example, um, assumably, if there's some type of juvenile around you, that there's some type of mother around you. So that's also, I feel like, when it comes to Sasquatch, probably one of the most detrimental times as far as danger goes because— the scariest thing in nature is the mother protecting its youth. And oh, yeah. if it's a four-foot Sasquatch, that, that thing's got to be really, really young. I mean, gets four foot for a Sasquatch is like, assumably almost like a toddler. So, I mean, all it takes is, know. you know, you look at this thing wrong or you make a movement too quick towards it, and who knows where a mother would have rushed out of the woods from.
1: Yeah, you don't know. And, you know, I have since uh, listened to about four and a half, five hours of audio preceding, the time of uh, its vocalization and, and having Wolf and me up and, and they were there the whole time so you know this kid I, I presume just got on a wild hair and you know they were probably getting ready to leave the area anyway Sun was going to be up in a couple of hours I, that's all speculation I don't know but um, yeah that happened and that was scary I, I, that was my third night I usually spend four nights up there I had to go I had to break camp and, and get the hell out of there
0: have you noticed, at least from your research, that these seem, things seem to be a little bit more nocturnal? Because I've had this conversation a few times as far as whether or not they're nocturnal or if maybe there's yeah. something more like a cat where they aren't necessarily nocturnal, but they kind of just sleep intermittently through like different periods throughout the day. But at least for like from your investigating and your research, uh, does it seem like they're, they're more active at night? Does it seem like it's kind of like a split mix? Like, What, what do you yeah, kind of pick yes. up?
1: At night and in the rain. That's um, all of my camp encounters let me think about this have been at night uh, one that was not raining two out of three it was raining and and, and there were multiple subjects both times um, all three times actually
0: see kind of a weird thing to think about and um, I know you probably will get into it at some point or maybe even right after this actually talking about your uh, river and stream theory as far as Sasquatch go but I wonder if they're more active during rain uh, maybe because of for somewhat of that same reason that if they are using some type of like high frequency, if maybe they're able to communicate through like the rain particles, like maybe it like vibrates and spreads out farther possibly.
1: Okay. Don't know about that dynamic, but they do have an ability to speak within the general din of the rain or the wind, believe it or not. I haven't gotten to the wind part, but I have two examples of vocals having been captured when it's raining in my camp. Um, and, and I didn't hear it and, you know, I have published 10 minutes of, I, I sent you the one minute, 20 second clip that is part of the 10 minutes that I have published. Uh, that one minute, 20 seconds was, was around the middle and it was around the time of my encounter, but even before and after that for several, quite a few minutes, you can hear this melodic clicking and clucking stuff, which I have amplified and I have uh, put through filters to. To uh, bring out what is there. Um, I, sometimes I will overmodulate, sometimes on purpose.
0: Since you brought up that clip, uh, do you want me to play that audio?
1: Yeah, let's do that. It's the 120. And let me tell you a little bit more about that. There's, I don't know how many seconds before the encounter, but it's right around the middle. But that, uh, it starts with cluck signaling. I had mentioned that in our pre show talk. Uh, you'll hear in the distance, one that clocks it's like cluck, cluck, and you can tell it's sort of in the distance. Yeah, that's the one. And then it's there's a subject closer to the recorder that you will hear respond with another two clucks. So they're communicating. I'm not savvy to their presence right now. I'm not knowledgeable of their presence at that point. It, um, it gets The audio gets to a point where you will hear an and chi chi ha in the background, and then a, a sort of a big percussive boom, which I actually felt, uh, and some other um, scary stuff and some other stuff that is uh, phonetically sounds English, like it's, they're speaking in yeah
0: I'm going to restart the clip from the beginning here.
1: All right. Yeah. At the one-minute mark, you heard sort of a gremlinish voice in the background saying, "Are you wreaking havoc?" is terrifying later and i don't think it's in this clip later you hear the same uh voice saying havoc hate this man tomorrow which is a little crazy
0: oh yeah definitely see that that context of that makes that clip make a little bit more sense what that background trickling sound was and you have to kind of pay attention and listen over it because uh the ra- you can hear the rain as uh as it's playing through
1: yeah and, and you need to Listen to the separate. So that's yeah, that's one minute twenty of my encounter, and you could you know in the background you can hear the ah oh, ha I, I heard it much cl- more clearly, they had the in the higher fidelity that night by my own ears. Uh, but the recorder did pick that up, and you can you can discern uh, the actual expression. But it does help to listen to this moment because it's really esoteric stuff, and it's a new it's it's a new an alien vocal modality that that I really didn't make sense of um, for a while and actually two nights later I got an audio recording it's uh, it's the capo that 28 second clip uh, that was recorded two nights after that most recent clip uh, which was that was October 21st 2019.
0: So I'll get that one loaded up. If you want to talk a little bit more about the backstory of it, I'll
1: get, I'll get it all up and ready. it It was, it was, I only recorded one night. I used a cheap recorder, uh, that's, you know, you can get off Amazon for like 30 bucks. It does have a VCBA, uh, mechanism, which I employed for that one night. It was a new structure that I had found, uh, in the Valley. So, um, and, and actually it's some of the best I've ever gotten there. um, it's nearly four minutes of vocalizations, the, the watery gurgly kind of sounds, but and you might hear that in the background of this clip. Uh, but this is an expression, uh, come pick And the reason this entire clip from which this comes um, is important that it, it actually helped me decipher what I was listening to two ni- in, the, in the audio from two nights prior. Um, like I said, it's very esoteric stuff. Um, and your ears do need to acclimate. Yeah, come. Um, and you hear that watery gurgly stuff in the past, which. I, I I actually believe those are juvenile vocals. Um, I might be wrong. Probably probably am, but um, I think they're they're vocals because even though it's it's somewhat close to a river, you can't hear the river. Um, you can't hear it at all. Not from where that recorder was placed.
0: I find it interesting that you uh, focus on audio recordings because most people, they try to do the video stuff, uh, but it seems like it's hard to catch stuff on video for, I mean, there's multiple different theories on why these things are hard to catch on video, but at least as far as like trying to just leave something out in the environment and have it do some type of recording for you. When it comes to the the video stuff, people try to use trail cams. And the trail cams, I feel like they can they can probably hear the winding sound that it makes. They can see the infrared light that comes out of it. So, I mean, at least as far as audio stuff goes, you can leave audio equipment. They can be off at a distance and not even be aware of it. And you could still be picking up audio. So, it's, just, it's a different way of going about it. And, of course, you have people like... Um, Ron Moorhead with like the Sierra sounds that was doing audio recording like back in the 70s. But at least as far as now goes, even though we've been ushered into a point where everything is there's there's so much AI art. You don't necessarily know what to trust anymore. Everybody's still focusing on the video aspect of stuff. But realistically, I feel like there's a lot of really good evidence to be found within audio. Um, just because of the fact that you can see if audio has been tampered with, um, it, I feel like it might be a little bit easier almost to discern than a video because of how good video, like AI art, for example, like has gotten, um, I mean, if you pay attention to finite details, as far as like fingers and hands, uh, sometimes you can catch some stuff, but AI art is constantly improving and it seems like it's having less issues with hands now. So at least on a lot of Sasquatch pages that I follow, I see a ridiculous amount of people try to post AI art and I don't know if they're trying to do it to be a troll. I don't know if they're doing it because they actually legitimately think it's a real picture, but there's so much out there now that people don't necessarily know what to believe when it comes to the video stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Um, and that's another reason why we should focus on more, you know, on, on more uh, or less counterfeitable um, evidence, uh, if you will. Audio is one of those things. Um, um, Highcheck. Um, gosh, what's his first name? <laughs> this one's Alex. Uh, oh, gosh, what's Mr. Highcheck's first name? Shame on me. This is terrible. <laughs> anyway, the the uh, producer of Monster Quest and he says that you can't fake audio and, you know I wouldn't know where to begin to create anything that you know we're presenting here tonight. I, I wouldn't know how to create the visu- visualizations the audio in the first place and I'm not even that creative. I'm a creative guy, but this stuff is so original. Um, you know from the TP that most the comp- Aswa, if you want to play number one. Uh, the, this number one audio was recorded at the same location as the Kapika Camp- This was captured the night of October twenty second, twenty twenty two, at the same TP deep within the valley. The setting is it's nighttime, and you have multiple subjects throughout the valley. Uh, in addition to the subjects close to the recorder, which I get the you know I get the close proximity stuff a lot uh it's the, the complement of the, the other um vocals and and speech uh throughout the valley if you want to just keep it on pause and rewind it uh one second this starts uh the, the vcva uh, mode was on this clip starts with a uh, half end of a knock so and, and knocks are vocals people and, and this is a my belief based on, again, the evidence that I have gotten uh, and analyzed and given great consideration. So it starts without that. Then there's a little snip, and all of this is amplified. Um, On my YouTube channel, which is uh, Michigan Aboriginal Project, you can listen to other compilations of this, which has the raw audio in it. So you be the judge. And, and, And cleaning up definitely reveals some magic. So the setting here, it's sometime in the middle of the night, uh, you've got multiple subjects throughout the valley, uh, some subjects close to the recorder, and they're all communicating. This is civil discourse, and it's, uh, they're using and employing a variety of different vocal modalities. you got the, the knock, the snip. Uh, you have a call, a response to that call from a siren sounding you know, you know, alluring vocal, um, and the other stuff. This is like a meeting going on. It's civil It's just not, you know, for all the apers out there, get your heads out of your asses. This is, you know, or at least accept this. There are different levels of of these beings because the beings we're about to hear in this clip are sophisticated. They're also the same beings that produced chanting from the very same teepee. I'm I'm telling you, they're chanting. It's also on my Michigan Aboriginal Project uh, YouTube channel. You can hear it. And so this is, uh, just chew on that and we'll listen to this and have a little chat about it afterward.
0: So I've said a few times too, that, uh, as far as intelligence goes, People like to judge intelligence based off of human intelligence. And human intelligence is based around technology, living in cities, um, where if you have something that's living in the woods, it could not theoretically be just as intelligent as a human, but the intelligence is a totally different thing because it has no practical use for knowing how to use technology, for knowing how to read, knowing how to write. But it can be intelligent in a totally different aspect as far as like communication goes, like connecting with each other i mean of course that's going to be important no matter what kind of species you are but the matter in which they interact with each other can be just as intelligent it's just a different form of intelligence because again they don't they aren't based off of technology and reading and writing because yeah. they have no practical use to do that out in the woods
1: yeah that's the truth they don't need tools uh they simply exist and, and thrive and and reproduce in, in significant numbers uh, as you can you know, you know. I mentioned earlier that I, I hired Cliff Berkman the uh, uh, first time I publicly aired my audio. And uh, he, he estimates that there are probably 200 um, Sasquatch in Michigan. I would be surprised if that were true uh, or, or uh, if it is true. I'm the luckiest man on the planet having gone to multiple locations and repeatedly gotten audio in, in, in spaces where I find these uh, structures. Um, there are, there are thousands of these in Michigan, I would have to say.
0: said, it seems that way, at least from, I mean, maybe it's because of like migration patterns. Maybe there's certain times a year where there's more up here than at other times, or maybe they go farther North at certain times a year. So, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard to judge off of those numbers.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe they migrate. Uh, I believe they're regionally nomadic. I think that goes to reason. But uh, as far as migration, you know, I think there would be far more sightings than there were if there were some uh, migration. And it's and it's also taken on the um, position that they're they're animals without you know creative and abstract thoughts or or any spiritual component to to their their lives. Um, um, I believe these things are there all year round. Uh, at least some of them. Others, of course, the younger bucks, I'm sure they, they do want to, you know, check out and see what's in the next valley. As as all young men and young bucks who grew up on Tarzan and, you know, <laughs> Daniel.
0: <laughs> That's where a lot of the people's buck. theories with the interactions go is that most people believe that they usually see the juveniles because the juveniles aren't experienced yet. And they're out and about and they get seen doing road crossings and Any other time you see like a like a full size adult Sasquatch is usually on accident more more often than anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, or right outside my camp (laughs) (laughs) seems to be the case. And like you know, I've been up to that that valley for most of my life. I think they trust me. Uh, I carry a pistol up there. Um, They, I I think they know I'm never going to draw it on them. Uh, I didn't even think about it when that juvenile was so close and so rude, um, having uh, awakened me. That morning, but that yeah, I think they feel pretty safe around me, and they're curious. They watch.
0: I feel like that's half the battle with these things is creating some type of, I guess, uh, like back and forth with them, Um, because everybody goes in different regions. When you have new people coming in new areas all the time, then of course these things are going to hide from them. But if they see the same person continuously going into this area, they're not showing any signs of aggression. They don't seem like they're trying to come after them for any malicious reason. Um, it forms a bond with these things, even if people don't necessarily realize it. And I feel like the people that are living on property and they have like the, um, That they have like the constant interactions with these things. It's only based off of the fact that these Sasquatch have gotten a full reading of you and who you are as a person, which again can be shown as like an intelligence factor. Because I mean, there's some animals that. Yeah. animals i feel like more so kind of pick up depending on like what you do but i think these things are able to get a full understanding of like who you are as an individual um through some other type of as we call it now uh paranormal means but i feel like a lot of the paranormal stuff isn't necessarily paranormal but just natural abilities that we just don't have any kind of comprehension or understanding of yet
1: yeah i'm i'm, I'm in with that
0: but I'll, uh, I'll i'll play this video since we're talking about it of course
1: Yeah, so that's uh, that's the aud- audible manifestation of that that gathering out there in the woods.
0: So, uh, kind of diving back into uh, some of your your research, um, as far as like where, where you where you camp at, um, have you looked into if there's more like reportings and sightings in that area? Like, is it a regular thing that these things are seen by other people, or is it just one of those like really good pockets that you seem to have found that uh, not a lot of people are aware of yet?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say not a lot of people are aware of it. I ran into a waitress maybe 20 minutes from the campsite, 25 maybe, and she had, she had stayed there, and she had some had some really weird things happen, um, and they joked around, you know, about being Bigfoot, right? So, uh, I think other people have experiences there. I did look up, and that's got to be probably five years ago now. Um, looked up on the uh, BFRO database, and I, there wasn't, there weren't any reports there. Um, but I have to say, I, you know, maybe one percent of you know sightings, encounters, and, and you know uh, are reported. You know, I have to believe that I haven't ever reported a single one of mine. You know, who's going to believe you? Number one, um, and why? Why give up? Uh, you know. I I think that, um, I, am not sure I trust the database. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. When it comes to like a lot of the databases, it's one of those things too, that a lot of people try to have stuff kind of fit in their camp of beliefs. So, you know, if there's some kind of weird off the wall report, they'll leave those ones out or it has to check these certain boxes. So I feel like the only way to really get a good database going is to essentially create it yourself. Um, just because then you kind of are able to filter through it yourself. And I mean, at least it seems like it's kind of that way with most Sasquatch researchers that you have like your own encounter reports, email or something along those lines, and then you're able to take in your own stuff and then you investigate it yourself. Cause I mean, even if you're trying to go off of a lot of these databases, um, assumably a lot of these things are a couple of years old or they've already been fully investigated. So like by the time you're aware of it and it's getting uploaded on the database, that area has already been more than checked out. So it's like, you may not find anything in that area ever again, because of how many people are going and checking this area out once it gets uploaded into a database.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot of work if you're going to keep your own, own database and, and you know, you could be going down the route wrong path. You never know. I've done that. I've, I've had some, Cases of pareidolia where you know I I don't rely on still images anymore. Uh, Video is where where it is. You need to show and demonstrate movement. Um, I do have one captured on video. It was uh, it was 2016. It was October 30th. I had a long stare down with one just outside my camp, and um, after after a long (laughs) stare down, uh, I turned my back on on the subject and I grabbed my. As nonchalantly as possible, I grabbed my camera and I grabbed my flashlight. And uh, I was making my way as nonchalantly as possible back to, toward the that spot and, and uh, fired up the, the camera and the flashlight and uh, captured one in the distance. And I didn't even know it for four months. Uh, it was February when I decided to review the audio. And just a little bit of it, something in the background caught my eye. What I've done is I've amplified that and did a little scrub analysis. And you can find that on my homepage of MichiganAboriginal.com. And uh, and I explain that the light reveals that the ocular recess, the auricular recess, clearly the shape of an upright hominid in in the background. Um, it is blurry, so, you know, it's legitimate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's really a small, it's a little data in the background of this, uh, you know, video that's not really uh, as crisp as i would have preferred it was shot at 30 frames per second which is you know slow pretty much Uh, but enough movement and shape are revealed by the light uh, on that subject in the background it's
0: pretty neat so you kind of diving into the whole paranormal side of sasquatch i guess you could say uh, the whole blurry pictures concept, and I'd love to kind of hear what your beliefs on this are. But I've had a few people on the show recently, and we've been—it's been kind of a up in the air discussion lately as far as why these pictures are blurry. And the most logical reason that I've kind of came across uh, from uh, Dr. Hine, who was on the show recently, uh, was the fact that these things. Come across blurry in pictures because they are blurry, because they're not existing (laughs) in reality as we perceive them to be. Like they're not fully physically here. So he was kind of getting into this whole like explanation about like uh, when you try to take pictures of certain things that are like radioactive, like the particles are vibrating at a different pitch and the light refraction coming back just doesn't come back properly to cameras. So at least for like older cameras, the way that they worked, um, it was a lot easier to capture decent pictures of these things because the way that the uh, AI technology within the camera that kind of corrects the image works, it ends up making it worse with newer cameras. So, like, you know, the Patterson-Gimlin film is probably, I feel, one of the most substantial pieces of evidence as far as Sasquatch goes. And I know a lot of people have their views and beliefs on that, but that thing has been torn apart by so many different video records. And they've shown that like the arms weren't anything that people had at the time, as far as like, they they couldn't make a suit that would have those types of proportions. Um, You look at movies that were coming out back then. And even like some of the best Hollywood movies didn't have costumes that good. So it's like these guys that were just recording in the middle of the woods had all this money to produce like a fake costume and everything. Like, and again, it's, I feel like the only reason that they were able to capture that was because they were using an old camera, where again, now people aren't able to capture all of that because the cameras aren't able to receive that because they're using AI technology to correct images. And in turn, it ends up making it more blurry
1: i hadn't thought about it that deeply <laughs> i think it's just probably uh the, you know typical blurry reasons you know off focus that kind of thing i'm a i'm a i'm an artistic photographer
2: bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then
1: Visual aberrations are easy to achieve uh, when you have a moving subject and a scared, um, you know, camera person. Um, and, and again, like I said, I've had my 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 uh, bouts, if you will, with pareidolia, And I, I don't focus on still imagery anymore. I just don't. Uh, but the blur- you know, the you got to show movement, and my video does. And even though it is blurry-ish. Um, it, it's, it's legit, you know, you see, you see it, you see the form.
0: So I'll try to uh, see if I can find the exact URL for that, and I'll put it down in the show description yeah, so right. anybody that's listening can go and check it out because all the clips that I have are pretty audio-based, and as far as video goes, I usually upload everything onto Patreon, and everybody else just gets the uh, audio, but yeah, I'll make sure that I include a link to that clip so everybody can go, can go and check it out because, of course, everybody wants to see some interesting Sasquatch footage. It's That's <laughs> that, that's oh. the goal at the end of the day is to see something weird, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. And and, you know, this, these things aren't the only things out there. This is, I mean, there are other, I mean, things that I hope I never run into in the woods. Um, it's, uh, but I'm, I'm grateful. And, and you say back, I'm reflecting on something you said earlier. You know, some people think they're just the, you know, soft, you know, not the soft, the soft hearted, you know, you know, kind, you know, uh, forest giants. And quite honestly, they are, I've got, I've got a lot of audio that actually suggests that they are a very peaceful sort. Uh, they commune and they hang out. They sing, they hum, they chant, and they sound like monks when they chant. The, the old, bit, the big boys. Um, you know, I've got volumes of audio uh, that suggest that by nature they're they're pretty much a peaceful creation. Uh, but I believe there are different kinds, and I believe that when some others that perhaps have different roles within their community uh, or society, if you will, uh, maybe they're meant to be scary and, and to ward off, you know, nosy humans. I don't know. They do have something to protect. You know, I was listening to a podcast earlier about uh, the the nephilim, uh, these unholy offspring, these giants uh, born of of uh, daughters of men right and um there there was there were uh populations of these things that had difficulty um um perpetuating their their species because they weren't having a lot of female subjects. they were having a lot of males were just you know most babies are males uh and i have some audio evidence and it's only my speculation and um based on listening to this you know, i've got I've got uh, two female subjects captured on the same footage nine minutes apart two separate females they, they have different vocal signatures uh one of which I sent to you I think that is uh, maybe it's video one in parentheses there this one already
0: twelve seconds
1: uh, yes that. Uh, let me give you the the background of this I just dropped a recorder I went up uh to the Huron River. It was on my birthday. I had to get out and uh, do a little hiking. So I found a new structure, and um, and and I recorded two female subjects. And this, I've heard female subjects here before. Uh, I think these areas where they commune is are basically where uh, the female subjects and the children will, and the old ones, I imagine, because I do have some male voices in some audio clips. Uh, I think it's where they hang. Where the others are, you know, scouting, hunting, uh, learning, doing whatever.
0: So it kind of goes back to that like hunter gatherer kind of concept. Because, I mean, in that it's-
1: kind of way. And if, if they are part of the species that are not having a lot of women, you'd want to protect those vessels of uh, perpetu- perpetuating your species, right? <laughs> uh, you want to protect the women and children. Without them, your species is, or your tribe or whatever are going to die out. And I do believe there are different kinds of these things. Um, Uh, the vocals you're about to hear are what I believe, uh, my read is that it's a female subject, and the unique thing about this is when she says, Eddie Hop Huskins, both to the East and to the Oswa, immediately following that, you have a melodic clicking and clucking, which eyewitness accounts have heard, and uh, I've recorded plenty of it, uh, including that encounter audio, and that melodic clicking and clucking. Um, So, This is fascinating. uh, Even though it's a 12 second clip, it reveals much. And this is with, believe it or not, it's within the city limits of Ann Arbor. Really? Yeah.
0: Say, at least for uh, just some theories that I've kind of thrown out on it before we actually play this clip, um, a lot of people talk about like the disappearing footprints. And what I kind of think is that people think that you'd want to follow the footprints because they're leading towards where they might actually be. But if they're trying to protect their females, they're trying to protect their nesting areas, their youth, uh, the best way to do so would be to deter everybody away from that area. So I've made this suggestion to a lot of researchers and investigators to follow against the footprints and go where they were coming from um, because maybe the intention is that they left those footprints there to make people follow them in the direction that they're going, and it's actually intended to be a deterrent to push people away from where they actually are.
1: Yeah, could be. I, I, I can't say for sure, but I know they're awfully smart and uh, ex- certainly outclass us in the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a natural, ex- natural extension of the woods. Of the people call them what the protectors of the woods. There's, I think there's a lot of truth to it. But other people call them demons. And, and you know, I think there are different kinds of these things. I believe there is a, a somewhat of a hierarchy, whether it be in your role, uh, your your function within this community, or society, or whatever, or council, if you will—I uh, don't know—a we'll lot to figure out here.
0: Mm-hmm. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this clip. Then, say, assumably, just like people, you know, you can't judge everybody exactly the same. So, you know, within people, there's there's a hierarchy. So, assumably, there'd be the same within these things, too, that there's probably, like, the lower hierarchy of them and there's the higher hierarchy of them. And maybe that's also has to do somewhat with intelligence because, assumably, just like people, not every single person has the same intelligence. So, you know, you might come across a tribe of Sasquatch that are, um, you know, like the, the less intelligent one, like the ones that are just kind of hanging out in the woods and just existing and doing their own thing versus the ones that are... Yeah have an intention. They're trying to protect something or they're actually yeah, have something that they're supposed to be doing. And it kind of yeah. judges d- depending on that, of course. And maybe some of the encounters that people have that are like regular encounters are maybe some of the less and in- it's definitely intelligent, but st- like the less intelligent ones where they're not as good at hiding versus like the super intelligent hierarchy ones are probably be the ones that nobody's ever seen or ever really experienced. And I mean, if you're looking at it from like the Nephilim perspective too these things could get a lot bigger than we expect them to get and i've even made the suggestion on the show a few times that you know the six foot could be still considered like a young male or like a juvenile and i mean if these things are descendants of nephilims, and you start getting into the whole giant concept of them um some of these giants uh at least from like some of the footprints that i've had on from like a previous research we kind of guessed that these things are probably somewhere around like 20 feet tall so i mean like the Sasquatch, there could be 10 foot Sasquatch. There could be 12 foot Sasquatch. Um, because they, they assumably have some form of like giant DNA involved with them in some way, shape or form. So, I mean, I feel like we're probably only seeing the ones that are less intelligent or are the young ones that aren't aware of how to hide or conceal themselves yet. And we're using that as our, as our standpoint on like how tall or how big we think these things are. When realistically, we're probably only seeing the ones that, aren't that great at hiding yet because they are still on the younger side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I, I, the, the spring before, so a year ago, May, uh, I, I saw one It was just standing there about 30 feet, 25, 30 feet away from, from the And This was a nine, this was nine foot soft. I'll never forget it because it was backlit. Uh, by a near full moon. I don't know if it was full or not, but it was near, definitely a near full moon. It was beautiful just sitting there, just standing. And you know, why, why would they, why would they do that? Um, and I, I can't judge their intelligence, uh, based on that behavior. Um, I, I know that they, you know, uh, will take a path of least resistance. They'd rather avoid us, um, but they, they watch and, and what on earth would one be out there while I, you know, I'm asleep. I, I woke up to take a leak and you know, I'm an older man, <laughs> it's something I do. And I wake up, and I'm trying to debate. I'm not with, not wanting to look at my, the blue light of my phone to see the time. I'm trying to guess what time it is. And wondering if I should wait till morning. I decide not to. I get up and do my thing. I, I have a urinal inside my tent. I don't go outside the tent to pee, pee, pee anymore. <laughs> um, so not when I can avoid it. Then I got back in my bag and I'm looking and there there's this thing is again and I'm thinking at this point I think okay if it was a sasquatch it, you know it would have gone when I was up and taken only it would have made you know gotten away a little getaway. Um, so I rationalized in my mind that it was like a an Arborvitae you know that I I didn't remember and um, and I went back to sleep and it was a very peaceful sleep it was one of the deepest sleeps I've had. Um, but it was gone in the morning and, uh, the next night the the lighting conditions were very similar. Um, gosh, it was 92, two days in a row, um, a year ago in May, uh, it was early May. And, um, anyway, it was gone. It was not there the next night. So, you know, they come, they come in and whether that's a smart thing to do or a dumb thing to do, I, I don't know. I, 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 in this case, I, I, I didn't sense anything menacing toward it. Uh, I, it's their nature to, to watch. And, and quite honestly, he may have been there to protect me. I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. Like I said, there are, are echelons of these things. And I, 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 I believe there's room for discussion uh, and consideration that you know the sons of God, who are designated mortal uh, by, by God himself, um, they, they're, they, they're somewhere in the puzzle uh, that's my current thinking um, and if it wouldn't you know, if, if they are then they are angels and then you know, I could have been a guardian angel <laughs> watching over me that night I had no idea I never but thought it about it from that perspective experience. before well you know and I never ever thought I'd be talking like this quite honestly Shane <laughs> I had no idea this has been a, a, a journey and an adventure that's totally organic Um, I'm, I'm fiercely curious, um, about certain things. And, um, I, I, I know what's real. Uh, I, I can consider myself, I try to be as objective and rational and dispassionate, um. Uh, as possible, so I can keep a level head through all this madness because it is madness. I mean, I've gone, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've experienced madness. I've experienced stressful relationships with my church, with some friends, with my family, with my wife, my fiance, who grew into my wife. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she almost left me. You know, I mean, I was that obsessed, and it, you know, I kind of understand where people are coming from, but I was. I was so cocksure that, that this is a real phenomenon, and I was—I just want to learn more about it, and I want to see another one. You know, I just want, how it all started. I just wanted to see one, uh, so I went down that rabbit hole, and I was getting a little burned out on the, you know, the angling arts and nature arts and fishing and uh, all that kind of jazz. Um, and this, this, this—like I said, it tickles both sides of my brain, and I love it. It's—it's it's the greatest mystery. Um, I've ever uh, been involved in, in attempting to decipher, and, and it's also one of the world's greatest safaris on a beer budget, you know. <laughs> uh, which uh, I, I love to say, uh, it is, and, and you don't need a lot to go out and discover these things. One, 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 uh, verse of scripture that has sort of uh, given me some strength, the source of strength is in Jeremiah it's 33 3, and it says. The Lord says, "Come to me, and I, or call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and hidden things that you have not known." And I feel like that passage alone sort of justifies my my journey here. And uh, I hope ultimately that I can sh- I can share with everybody else that the the biblical parallels are something to consider as perhaps a reality. Like the old, the Old Testament speaks of giants, they're just simply here today they're still here and uh and they come in different sizes shapes and forms they sound differently I've, de- I've detected differences in vocal modalities in southern michigan along the huron river completely different from those that i've captured up in the up and even in the northern lower so there are there are differences um and i can't believe that they're all the same ron moorhead's stuff no doubt in my mind is legit and, and and uh, but those sound quite different from what I've recorded, and again, we're talking different regions, uh, perhaps even different kinds of these beings. I mean,
0: different assumably, kinds, just like people, there's going to be different dialect for different regions. Like, it would almost, I feel like, be kind of weird if every Sasquatch that everybody experienced across the world all had the same accent like it it brings more validity to the subject that with each different region that you're picking up different dialects because again it's just kind of shows how close these things actually are to people which also kind of shows an intelligence factor to them that they're able to pick up on different dialects
1: yeah 100 percent. and in listening to that encounter audio if the audience goes back and listens to that or or on my channel Uh, study that. You can, you can hear a variety of different vocal modalities being expressed by what I believe are the same creations. if they're not the same creations, you have Sasquatch running with the gremlins, running with the, the cherubim, (laughs) the cherubs running with the elves, running with the fairies and the angels. I mean, there are all sorts of vocal signatures, you know, quite audible that sound like each and every one of those little, you know, fairy tale figures that, that uh, we're told that don't exist I'm sorry but I've got them on audio. <laughs> <laughs> they sound real to me
0: I mean the more it's, you'd really dive into stuff too you kind of realize that there is it, it's not just stories and folklore like when you when it comes to like fairies when it comes to Anything Like Sasquatch, Giants, like this stuff is seen continuously around the world through different cultures that had no form of communication with each other. So, I mean, like it definitely brings some validity to the fact that there's a society that's existing around us that we're not aware of. And I mean, either one, they could be masters of hiding or two, it could be a fact that they're not fully existing in this reality And I know everybody kind of gets into the parallel dimensions reality, but it's something that I've been kind of bringing up lately because I find it fascinating about this whole like negative dimension reality where rather than something existing parallel to us, it's this inert force that things are existing within like a macro or a micro universe. A, that's within our macro universe and getting into like the orbs and everything. Cause orbs kind of seem to attach to fairies. They attach to Sasquatch. They attach to UFOs, the paranormal, all of that stuff. Um, a couple different theories that I've heard on it that I find fascinating is that in order to travel through these realities, you have to like compress your energy into a specific type of being in order to be able to maneuver through these or the other possibility is, is that maybe all of these things are the same being and it's just projecting itself as different things depending on what it needs to be at any specific time. But i kind of I kind of dig the the negative dimension theory because then it kind of gets into the whole interdimensional aspect of Sasquatch that rather than it being like interdimensional and traveling into different dimensions, it's rather that when it vocalizes and does specific things that it almost like turns itself negative And the reality that they exist in is like a negative reality. And that's why things just vanish into nothing. And why you have like power drain, for example, when uh, some of these what some of these experiences happen is because when this negative, energy dimension is open it assumably would pull everything around it into it almost like how a black hole would function so it would be absorbing energy in order for it to exist yeah, in the first it's place all very
1: interesting to me it's all very interesting and it makes me wonder also i've heard uh, and i don't know a lot about this stuff uh but i've heard that um i've heard of elementals and i think about the two vocal and very personal encounters i had uh two out of the three at my campsite, it was raining, you know, are they more, do, I mean, if they are some sort of interdimensional creation, which could be, I mean, Davy Crockett, a good, honest Christian man wrote to his brother-in-law about his encounter down, down in Texas. It it appeared as if, you know, out of nowhere and then it dissipated and disappeared, you know, as if the fog off a frog pond in the morning, you know, he has witnessed this and we hear it today. People witness these things appearing and disappearing.
0: Um, I mean, you get into the book of Enoch and that makes reference to, not directly, but essentially talks about like portals and other dimensions. So, I mean, even within biblical text, there's reference to there being other parallel or negative dimensions, depending on which which kind of viewpoint you kind of perceive it from.
1: Yeah, Enoch uh, is very interesting in that. It, it's both Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> when you look, look, I've heard commentary recently, that, and I just put that together. I'm like, oh my God, there's the first and last, you know, the Alpha and the Omega of the Bible, the first and last books in the Bible. Um, it, uh, it's uh, it's something to consider. We, we, we're dumb. We are, we're dumb as a human species, quite honestly, uh, because we deny this very real... Um, supernatural aspect of our of our reality you know uh, your, your your inquiries of the, of our reality right so, which is good it's smart and we should keep answering questions we should keep on the trail of secrets and truth um, and right now the, the truth to me is that the supernatural worldview of the old testament scribes is actually accurate it's real uh, the, the giants of the old testament still are around today and and, and the biblical relevance is, uh, I think, should be as uh, amplified in our daily lives today as, as it was uh, in the Second Temple, you know, the intertestimonial uh, periods uh, where society was trying to figure themselves out. So, um, there's so much, there's just big truth out there, right? It's, uh, there's there are truths that we have yet to fully embrace. Um because we're so because we're, we're dumb basically.
0: <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, I think th- oh so there there's been like an upspike and a downspike of it that everybody believed in spiritual concepts for a long time up until like early 1900s and then it kind of had like the dip off where everybody kind of went into just base reality and then now it's kind of like up spiking back up and i think it's a matter of the fact that due to technology a lot of this stuff can't necessarily stay hidden anymore because people are starting to compare their evidence of things people are starting to notice like weird anomalies that have started to happen and everybody in the modern day is kind of pushed into this whole like spiritual concept that like you are your own god but It's funny that I've noticed that most of the people that I talk to who really fell for that and started to fully believe in that are now turning into more of like a biblical perspective on things. And they kind of see that as, you know, a lot of people talk negatively about it, but I almost feel like it's a doorway into the spirituality into spirituality because a lot of people have trouble believing in. There being oh, like a single God or like a single presence. But if you start with some form of spirituality that makes sense to you, more often than not, it seems like most people that I've talked to who kind of started to believe in that kind of went 360 the other direction. And that was the doorway into like biblical uh, spirituality. But it had to have like a base point and an interest that started with people somewhere. And everybody likes the idea of creating your own reality and you know, being able to manipulate your own reality. But as soon as you start really diving into that, then you realize that that isn't the case. And again, it's, it's a doorway into like biblical spirituality.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's a healthy one too. Um, it is, uh, I, you know, like, like I mentioned before, I'm formerly atheist and I, I, uh, I, I believe I see clearly more clearly now than I ever have before. Um, you know, I, I do. I study the word. I, you know, and I still love the works of Nietzsche and Ayn Rand, two famous atheists that actually helped me rationalize God out of my life. You know, I still love their philosophies and their their uh, insights into humanity because they're brilliant. Um, but I have to disagree with them. on, and I'd love to, to debate either one of them, perhaps in the afterlife, <laughs> <laughs> the reality of God. <laughs> and Bigfoot, you know, I'd rather, let's start with Bigfoot, that's easy, that's an easy thing to convince people of, especially when you, you know, you, you spent, you know, the past, how many years have I been doing this, seven years of my life sort of obsessed and and seeking answers. Uh, but that's all I've been doing. I'm curious. And and I found, and I'm, I'm grateful really that this audio project has, has, uh, gotten some, some, uh, a little bit of traction right now. And, and, and podcasts such as yours helps me get the word out. Um, it, it's a very real phenomenon and people need to be aware of them. Uh, when you, if you, if, if people see one eventually, you know, I, I uh, fear not. And, um, it's likely that they're as afraid of you as you are of them or it. Um, and, you know, try to strike up a conversation. That's my goal right now. I, I, someday I want to dialogue more than the one I, you know, that young one that hissed at me and me yelling at it. Uh, that was a, a quick exchange, vocal exchange. I can say I've done that. I can say I've had a beer in the presence of uh, Bigfoot. Um but I I really want to engage in some sort of dialogue sometime.
0: Seems like these things for a while communicated with the natives. And I feel like one good doorway in... Would be to start having some kind of understanding of a particular native language. Depending on which area you're doing research in, um, you know, if you're in Michigan, of course, learn whatever native language was was used in Michigan, and maybe that might be a start a start of a doorway into being able to communicate with these things. Uh, because I had somebody on the show a long time ago that talked about uh, this whole concept that was I think I think it was through Cherokee beliefs that you can make communication with Sasquatch by going to a particular area in the woods and then you sing one particular song and it calls them in and then you sing another song that's in the native tongue and it's basically telling them that you're okay, you're not there to hurt them, anything like that. And then they'll come up and you do this like finger touch thing and in turn they bestow knowledge on you on like how to harvest for the year, if there's going to be floods, if there's going to be this, if there's going to be that, and um, – Like there's just so much native lore that seems that there's interaction with them using native language. So, I mean, if you're trying to communicate with them, that might be a good basis to start on is, you know, start learning some basic phrases in native tongue and see if it by chance calls them in. Maybe it's something familiar to them or that even if out of curiosity, maybe it might call them in because they hear a tongue that they haven't heard in a long time.
1: Yeah, that I'm curious. And in, in the, the recording of the two female subjects, the honeywah, I will show you one There's another one that says uh, uh, oh no, I just said it. the honey I will show you one The other one was one we already heard. That's the uh, Eddie Hop Hoskins close to the East and to the Ospa, uh, followed by the melodic clicking and clucking. Uh, so there you know, I'd like I those were recorded in southern Michigan. I wouldn't mind using those in Northern next time I have to see what sort of response I get. But the thing is, I don't know what I'm saying. I have no idea what that translates to. Uh, I do believe they understand English. I'm I'm certain that they do, and sometimes even speak it as if like that gremlin-ish voice saying, are you wreaking havoc?
0: See, I'm kind of curious if they Um, do understand it or if it's just a matter of they like to mimic sounds. And I feel like the mm-hmm. mimicking sounds could just be a form of entertainment. You know, just youths are doing it. They hear a sound in the woods. Like even like you hear yeah. the whole thing with doors, mm-hmm. clo- like car doors closing that they'll mimic those sounds too. So I'm curious if they're repeating English words, but not necessarily knowing the meaning of the English word. They're just repeating it. Cause they enjoy repeating sounds.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, but why would they do that? And I didn't hear that. Are you wreaking havoc? Um, and it's it's a well-enunciated expression sentence uh, recorded on my encounter audio. Um, so I don't know why they would do that if they have that ability. I I just don't know. There's uh, I'm not sure we ever will know. Uh, but they do speak in a language, and and uh, those words and a lot of those uh, uh, vocal expressions uh, were not meant for me to hear because I I could I couldn't hear most of it. I heard maybe 15, 20 seconds of that night. I haven't really timed it, but it's in that middle window. From Ochichichuha to some very unpleasant, uh, uh, raspy sensations on my eardrums, and it was really very uncomfortable. Uh, But I believe that was a result or caused by their vocalization.
0: I mean, at least for some of the English stuff, it could be somewhat like broken English, where maybe they do have an understanding of very basic English. They may not be able to fully speak it. Maybe they can understand it, but they can't speak it. And uh, maybe maybe just certain words and phrases they might be aware of and be able to use.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I I have heard um, Help Me a few times, and I don't know if they're using that, but i
0: that's probably something they hear commonly in the woods, in all fairness. I mean, that's that's probably one of the top yeah. phrases that they hear somebody shouting out. So, of course, they're going to shout it out yeah. back because they probably they hear it so frequently. I mean, even just basic stuff like somebody, you know, walking on the side of a river and slipping and falling in or, you know, somebody trying to put up a tent and they need somebody to help them. Like, that's probably a very, very common used phrase in the woods in general that, of course, that's probably one of those things that's just ingrooved in the into their language because they've been hearing that for centuries.
1: Yeah, I wish I had all the answers. I, I just don't. Um, I know they speak, you know. Um, they're not just some dumb ape in the woods. And I used to think that. I used to thought it was just a inclusive, you know, gigantopithecus type uh, creation. But there's more to these things um, because they have a social structure, you know. They love their own, they, they clearly reproduce, uh, they talk a lot. Uh, and they often speak in ways and in, uh, in incorporating different vocal modalities that are totally foreign to us. And I, I've had—I don't fully understand, uh, but I know that it's—you uh, know—it is something. It is a, a communication attempt. Um, they're out there. They're very real, and they're closer than you might think.
0: So, uh, I know that we're starting to run low on time and we have four more videos that you had sent me. Uh, oh, so yeah, if you want, we can, uh, yeah, I'll say run the gambit back to back on these four and then, uh, see where we're at after that done.
1: are all comments after each one, this one, uh, go ahead and play that. So that's the scrubbing of a very unique combination of vocals. So you have a whistle, you have a uh, knock ish sounding vocal and speech.
0: all right loading up the next video and we got two more after this one
1: Yeah, that this is the deep growl and infrasound. If you notice in the um, in the spectrograph portion where you see these amplifications of sound, uh, you see a darkening, a concomitant darkening of the background noise in the spectrogram, and underneath that, the, an intense yellowing at the baseline, which is in in it within the infrasonic range. So, I believe these vocals have infrasonic origins and have an ability to to uh, uh employ that in you know whenever I think it's evidenced by the, the spectrograph. This is the scary one.
0: See that one almost has the feel yeah, of like something like like an angry primate or like that demonic voice that people typically think of when they think of like the demon kind of concept of speak
1: yeah there are actually three subjects in this uh clip you can tell by the intensity of the if you can like see this these vocalizations as 3d the most brightest are up front they're closest to the recorder the other stuff is in the background so there are more than one subject here um and one, that one is definitely angry. I was poking around their wallow for, I don't know, 20 minutes before I dropped this recorder. And uh, eyes were on me. I know that. And I verified that because I picked up some vocalizations on my GoPro audio uh, that confirmed that. Uh, they, they were whistling in the background. And it was like... Something like that it was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but I didn't hear it then. But the, the audio they recorded... For.
0: Sorry about that. It's The audio starts kicking on before I get a chance to pause it whenever I start a video up.
1: So that clip was just a little bit of that entire clip. It's about a 50-some second clip. Uh, it was captured the same night as the prior audio, that scary-sounding audio. Um. It was later, sometime later, because I was, I was gone, and that, that recorder did not engage until 8 o'clock, which is about 40 minutes after I left. So that was sometime in the middle of the, middle of the night. And uh, for the listeners, it, go, go to the YouTube channel, and you can, you can hear that clip in its hole. I play the, audio, the raw audio version of it, and uh, a lot of weird stuff happens uh, throughout that clip, but especially toward the end when a big buzzing uh, comes. And I think it was before we started the show, Shane, that uh, I was telling you that that sounds like you know you would imagine a uh, the buzzing of maybe a UFO. I, I don't know. Maybe an orb. I have no idea. Um, I've heard people reported that there was a buzzing when they saw an orb. It was the only one, though. Uh, but I won't discount that. I, I, I can't say that someone's experience didn't happen.
0: See, I regularly until, hear reports say, I of I people hearing different frequencies and pitches when they see these orbs, which kind of brings a little bit more validity into the whole aspect I was talking about, about there possibly being a portal connection to these things. Cause it seems like pitch and frequency might be one of the possibilities on how these things function and operate and are able to open.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope we, I hope we learn someday. Uh, right now is we can only speculate and uh, you know, this audio paints some pretty interesting pictures, uh, you know, and personally having been to every single one of these, locations uh, myself Uh, it's amazing that you can have this serene eden like uh, wood woodland you know peaceful space that's occupied by things that are out just outright terrifying Um, and hearing that hanzo those are giants i mean those those are big deep voices and and you can hear later on in that clip one of them barking as it goes off into the distance. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, And given that it's barking, maybe it's not a Sasquatch. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, one of those dog man.
0: (laughs) That's what I was about to say.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. It could be, I wasn't present for those, either one of those last two audios.
0: So uh, I guess starting to wrap it up towards the end, of course, and I'd love to do this again. I always like to leave with words of wisdom. So if there's any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what might it be?
1: Oh, God, that's a big one. Uh, Wisdom. Wisdom is an elusive thing, uh, but I think it's an important thing to pursue. Uh, They say the uh, uh, beginning of wisdom is the acceptance of a higher power, God. Um, But is that wisdom? I don't know. Here's something for the audience. Uh, Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, and wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad.
0: <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so I don't know wisdom. I don't know. I, I, you know, I've had so many unique individuals who have had an influence of my life, uh, over my life. Uh, I've gained a lot of wisdom by by seeing the world through the lens of Ayn Rand and through Nietzsche, um, through Jesus and the Bible, through, um, you know, hit, you know, Hitler and Mein Kampf, right. It, so many different perspectives in this world. This world is a very big place. Uh, seek truth. I, th- I think that if I'm going to ever impart any bit of wisdom, seek truth and stick to the truth. Aristotle said, A is A. And it is. A is A. A is not whatever you want it to be. A is A. Um, and uh, Bigfoot is real. You know, take that to the woods. You can you know, stuff your pipe with that and smoke it. Bigfoot is real. It's a real phenomenon. It is the most, uh, I think, one of the most worthwhile pursuits I've ever done, despite the cost of financially, family. Uh, here's some wisdom. Don't do what I did. Uh, the cost is really uh, a heavy one to pay. I've been th- through some real shit in my life, and I've seen evil. Um, I was once on a, a jury. I was jury number one, in uh, a double homicide and dismemberment four-and-a-half week trial it was really ugly um, here in Detroit Allen Park is where uh, the actual crime happened back in 2012 so anyway um, want to go off on that tangent I don't know uh, but you know, sticking to truth you know that's a good good start if you're seeking wisdom just stick with the truth and uh, none of us are all that and then some we we are all flawed individuals uh, know your weaknesses um, and the greatest piece of wisdom after this, uh, it, it, if you go into the woods, do not, do not play these sounds in the woods. Just don't do it. I can't promise what may or may not happen if you do. I think it's a foolish thing. I don't play these sounds in the woods. Uh, I go to great pains to to get this audio. Uh, I call it sort of like an i'm mining uh, audio gems from the depths of the woods right uh and it's so fun so to me it's a it's a game it's a hunt i love a hunt i love a challenge um uh, what wisdom i come across in, in that journey i don't know and if i ever discover that i'll certainly impart that uh, here on your show here shane <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah don't put uh, tomatoes in fruit salad i think that's probably the that's colorful <laughs> a bit of wisdom I can leave tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for anybody that is interested in your work, they want to come and check out all of the audio stuff you're working on. They want to come and check out that uh, other Bigfoot yeah. clip. They might have encounters they want to report to you. Where can everybody come and find you on the internet? Uh,
1: well, on michiganaboriginal.com, there's a contact me page. If you if you you know go to the uh, length to do that, I'll certainly reply. Um, uh, and I and on my michiganaboriginal.com I have a store uh, that's the in the past uh, about two years since I had the store up I've profited uh, just over $200 so I'm averaging about 100 bucks a year on that so uh, if you care to support my uh, efforts if you like what I've done uh, I've got really this is cool logo I've got a couple others and I've got a couple others forthcoming um, you know there's some really cool products out there and they make good t-shirts and, you know or whatever. So I would be grateful if you'd just let me know you're out there by either dropping me an email or buying a sticker or something like that.
0: (laughs) I uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on the show today, man. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to
1: doing it next time. Same here. Same here. Thank you all. Peace be with you.
0: If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, and if you guys give the show a five-star review, I will read it on the show and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, re- don't forget to report your encounters to the Open Minds Media Encounter Report email, which is at outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form for that, and that will go directly to my email. And if you want to get a hold of me for any other reason whatsoever, you guys can email me at all or or go to the link tree, and there is also a submission form for that too. Two separate submission forms, so make sure you guys go to the correct one that you guys are uh, intending to go, intending to be looking for. And you guys can also get a hold of me, of course, through social media. You guys can do so through Instagram, which is the one I'm the most active on, or Facebook, of course. That's also definitely a viable option too. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.